Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are continuing on with our series on the U.S. versus the U.K. markets, and we're continuing this week with the roundtable discussion that I've been promising. So with me on the screen here, I have uh, Pete and Laura Lawson, as well as Richard Lang in the other box. And so I'm very excited to be with the three of you virtually here. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, I've heard some really great feedback from the last two podcasts already. So a lot of our friends in the UK and um, and in other places as well are really excited about the conversation that we're having, um, as well as people in the US who are in these markets, these smaller markets, you know, in, in more rural areas or in areas where it just feels like it's more difficult to... Um, to get these kind of jobs, because I think that um, for for people, regardless of where they're at, there is that feeling of how do I get past this point in my in my in my pricing? And we heard from the two of you in the two different chats. Kind of, you guys are in are in pretty different places. Um, Richard, of course, has been doing the video thing. Uh, for longer. And so that's, that's part of the puzzle there. And you guys were in photography and still are, um, but have been moving over into video. Um, so definitely if you're coming to this podcast, I would highly encourage you to go ahead and stop it and start over because, um, start over with first the one from Richard and then the one from the Lawson's, because I think that will really help you in this discussion to understand, uh, really where we're going and where each person is coming from in this discussion. So that's the reason I wanted to do those two podcasts separate before we did this one. So do stop, go go back in the archives, listen to the last two podcasts, and then come back to this discussion, and I think you'll get a lot more out of it. So um, awesome. Well, let's dive right in then. So uh, what I want to do first is just to have... Uh, put the the three of you guys into dialogue with each other around this topic because I hear again we we talked about this in the other podcast but I just we're gonna go over some of the same things and just kind of I wanted to put you guys in the same room virtually and sort of have me more as just a, a moderator um, and maybe someone who can uh, yeah yeah just kind of moderate the discussion more than anything so. Um, Tell me about where you're feeling in general the UK market is at right now. Um, how, what, are your, what are your feelings about the market at the, at the current point in time? That's quite deep. <laughs> um, I, I think at the, at the moment the video market is doing, doing remarkably well. It certainly seems to be healthier than the, the photography market. Um, from all accounts, I know a lot of people are, are struggling in in both, but I think there's 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 more kind of downward price pressure on on photography at the moment than mm. than there is with video. I think video is just becoming um, 
more well regarded um mm-hmm. something that people think is 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 worth spending more money on than than perhaps they were in the past um there's a kind of like mass market thing not there's always been like individual couples who've been you know willing to to to, to spend lots of money on on really high quality uh um video but i think it's it seems to us that it's a newer thing that that more and more people want it and are starting to think of it as you know equally in importance to, to, to photography. Mm-hmm. That's that's my feeling of, of what's happening at the moment. It's weird because obviously we come from that from that photography place, you know, that so so that sort of um sort sort of guides our our thoughts about where the video market is. We can't help but sort of compare the two. And I think like with photography being so like oversaturated, that's probably the biggest thing. Whereas I think videography is still like you know, there's there's people that are awesome, but there aren't many. There aren't many, really. Like when you compare them, there aren't many. So it's kind of like a. It feels like photography was a few years ago. You know, before everybody started doing it. So I think we're just glad that we've started doing it now because I feel like in like five years there'll be so many people doing it. Yeah, though so I think people are still scared of video. A lot of photographers we've spoken to want Definitely. to do it, but they're they're really scared of. Like the whole audio side. Like so. the technical side of it, I guess. There's a yeah. lot of photographers that aren't very technical. They're just like, I, I know how to use my, my camera, that's it. You know, yeah. they don't know, they don't, they're not like geeks, you know, and I feel like you need to be a bit of a geek, don't you? A little bit. To love video. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What about you, Richard? What are your thoughts, Richard? I know a lot of photographers who are, who are, that I've spoke to are doing the same thing, where they they like the idea of doing video, as another kind of platform to create some things. Um, but audio is the biggest thing. They just get baffled by the audio. Um, it doesn't have to be hard, but they just, you know, they don't even want to go into it. Um, and I think things like that are stopping them, you know, even trying it out. Yeah, certainly there's a higher sort of uh, barrier to entry, I think, in video because, yeah, the, the edit especially, I think, scares so many people. You know, for some people, it's the audio that scares them, and but I think for most, it's it's the edit of how much how much simpler yeah. it is um, for most people, anyways. You know, I'm not gonna dog the photographers who are like doing some crazy stuff in Photoshop. Um, at the same time, that's not most wedding videographers by a long shot. You know, that's maybe you know two percent of wedding photographers. Um, whereas for video, that's, it's a huge thing to learn to edit. It is, it's massive and it, and it is, it's a skill in itself. So it's like one thing to be able to shoot video, but it's a whole other thing to be able to edit it and think about the story and all of that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people, uh, especially photographers trying to get into video or thinking about getting into video, they think, you know, well, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, what? Ha- I don't know what to start with. You kind of like, the, you know, the first few weddings we did. I remember just being like completely overwhelmed. Like, what? Where do I start? Like, how? You know, where does the day start? Like, flitting and floating between. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. You know, so I think um, it can be a bit of an overwhelming thing, and that that luckily puts a lot of people off. So, do you think that's going to? Because you, you said you think in five years there's going to be. A ton of great videographers. Yeah, I think there's going to be more. 
Yeah, I don't think everybody's going to do it. I don't think every photographer is going to quit and do video at all, you know, because these things are still going to put put a lot of people off. But I think um, people will see it. I don't know. I just think it'll be like photography where people see cooler videos and they'll think, I want to do that. That's cool. And it'll, it'll appear to them. There's also the growing number of companies who are offering editing services. Um, and, of course, this is happening both in the photo and the video industry. But as, you know, if you're, if you're a photographer who's trying to get into this, well, you can still go shoot it and then send it off to India to have it edited for you and, you know, have them ship it back if, you know, if, if that's what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. But I think then you, you, it would be harder to get better if you weren't editing your own stuff. Yeah. Because you need to yeah. know what you did wrong, don't you? The point you make about it's almost like photography, you know, four or five years ago, um, that is bang on. If Even if you look at the wider industry, um, things like the, the presets that was about five, six, seven years ago with photography, that kind of was a boom. Um, LUTs, which are just presets, they're kind of quite big in video now and people are getting into them and selling them and... Um, Workshops are big now with video, and it's it's almost like where photography was five years ago. That's where video is now. Um, you know, kind of culturally within the industry, you know, it's it's exactly the same. I see it happening like it's almost identical. So you're right. I think in about you know three, four, five years, I, pr- I think video won't be far off what photo is now, for sure. Maybe not in the numbers, but in the Culturally in the industry, I think it'll look the yeah. same. Yeah. So in that sense, the the best thing to do, if the same thing happens again, is to get a name for yourself at this point before there's millions of people doing it, and yeah. try and just try and you know get a stat. Like that's really important for us, really, to just get ourselves established in the meantime before everybody kind of jumps on the bandwagon. Really. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, the only the only safe zone in a kind of oversaturated market is the higher end. You know, that's that's where you need to be, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I think one of the things that will be interesting about that is, and we've seen this, of course, with photography as well, is over time as more and people, more and more people get into it, and more and people uh, get good at it, or you know, above average, at least then it becomes more and more of a commodity, right? Um, you know, even our, our phones can take some great photos, you know, especially with some of the, uh, you know, what do they call it? Computational photography where, you know, you're doing a lot of the stuff through software, like the, the portrait mode yeah. in, your, in your iPhone and that kind of stuff. So the more that technology moves forward, and the more people who get interested in it because of all of that, the more and more it becomes a commodity. So do we see that happening to video in the future? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think with wedding video. I think wedding video, it doesn't matter how, how good the cameras get. I mean, they're already damn good, but you've still got to take all of that data and you've got to put it together. Um, and make sense of it and make it look and sound quality. I don't think it matters, you know, how fancy the tech becomes. 
there's still some legwork to do on the day. Um, and that's never going to go away, I don't think. You know, like you say, unless you ship your editing abroad, but then, you know, how good is that going to be? Um, so I think there's a, that's where the difference is between photo and video. And I said when I was last on the podcast, I'm a huge lover of great photography. Um, and it's a real skill. Um, and I genuinely do love it. But it's a lot easier now to produce. I hate saying this, but you can you can produce a really good image um, easier now, technically, than you used to be able to. Yeah. You know, certainly from back in the film days, um, where videos there's there's a stopping point. It's always going to be difficult to bring that data together and create a film. I don't think that's going to change. Um, you know, things have sped up for photos, but it's it hasn't really sped up that much for video. And I don't think I don't see how it could. Though I mean, you can get like you, you've uh, Google uh, to edit your videos for you, can't you? I seem to remember then. You know that <laughs> like Google are trying to have it like so they'll just like take your video and make a little short film for you. <laughs> And that's it. That seems to be, you know, like you know, long term, like fifteen, twenty years. That seems to be the oh, direction wow. that you know they they want to go in with, like you know, like AI kind of like trying to understand and edit a mm. film in a limited way. But I'm not feeling that threatened yet. Yes, we even see that with the um, the Apple Photos app. You know, if you scroll through, and I didn't even realize this until I handed my three-year-old daughter my phone, and she starts scrolling through, and then she plays this video, and it's a video I didn't make. You know, it's just a, a combination of all these photos and videos set to music that Apple made for me without me even realizing it. And, you know, of course, it's yeah. not like uh, it's not like a quality edit or anything. But this is like this is like the early stages <laughs> yeah. of this too. Yeah, the worry is yeah. like when it becomes good enough and it's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. the killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to compete with free. But guys, and, we, right. we need to just we need to cling on to our sort of artist status. I think that's the only way to stay safe. You yeah. know, like we're artists, we made this. This is our creation. Yeah, this is magical. No one else could have made this. But that's why I'm always so like you know like like down on like you know the films that that you kind of like make or the footage I've got because it's like you want it to look like a like a Hollywood film. You know, like <laughs> as if you lit everything and it was beautiful, but you didn't like it because you didn't ruin the wedding. But <laughs> you know, you want it to to look like that, and then you're like, no. Then I've done a, a job that I can be like, no, that that yeah. can't be beat. <laughs> well, even like with the new iPhone 10, yeah. it's got the what do they call it? The light, the studio lighting modes or whatever. So you can like change yeah, the, the lighting light. after yeah, the fact. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, there's some crazy, crazy stuff. So who's to say? It doesn't look great though, really. But, but again, yeah. it doesn't look great, but this is the first iteration of that. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? 
I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you. Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Um, But I lean towards what Richard was saying in, in regards of you know, there's always going to be the the score. The skilled storyteller is always going to kind of stand uh, stand above all of those increases and in what technology is able to do and and all of that. So so I agree with that. But I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute and say there's a there's a still a big difference in um, in the perception of good photography and the perception of good video. And I think that perception comes from most of our clients have had quality photos taken of them throughout their life. Um, they've, you know, when they were a kid, they had, um, you know, whether it's just a photographer at their school or whether their parents paid a photographer to come do a professional um, portrait session of their family at different seasons throughout their life. Um, even leading up to the engagement session and all this, they've had professional photos taken of them throughout their life. Most of them have never had a professional video produced of them. And so there's a different standard for people because the average consumer, uh, in a lot of cases, just doesn't, is not educated enough, doesn't have a, a refined palette Um, for what quality video is. And so sometimes there's this, just this lack of understanding in the difference between, you know, the guy who's going to produce something that to us would be complete crap for $500 and, you know, what somebody is going to do quality for $5,000. What do you, do you feel that tension at all in your market? Um, I, I was just going to say that I think the the, the biggest um, problem video has had in in the wedding market is the kind of the lack of connection between um, the videographer and and the couple. So the photographer gets to you know be chatting to them, gets to they get to see his face, whereas like the the viewer I think people have a video is coloured by those you know video offers in the in the nineties where the you know they've got the headphones on all the time they're staring at the screen you absolutely cannot like talk to them 
you know, and, and engage with them like normal people. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't want that at the wedding. Mm-hmm. They don't want someone that's just being weird and like, yeah, I mean, they're concentrating on getting quality audio, I guess, was why they were going around having headphones. But I mean, it stops you getting, knowing what the story is because you're not there. It's like you're watching on TV. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think couples like that. <laughs> I think just going back to what you just said as well, maybe it's a little bit off point, but you know, people generally haven't had video. Totally agree with that, but they've had photos throughout their life, probably. Um, but I think that's another thing with the if the market is going to become more saturated and there's going to be more and more video, more people getting married are having video, and that's going to grow. I think um, so. It'll be a case of people be like, well, my friend, you know, all their friends' weddings will have videographers, and they'll see more quality films, and then it might change things a little bit, and then people might have a bit more of an opinion about what style of video like we already you know a lot of people getting in touch with us are like you know we want a drone like drones are a really big thing now you know because we don't have a drone people <laughs> people buy their own drone now just to like take on holiday and stuff you know like they're, they're everywhere aren't they so um you know there's already kind of you know opinions i guess coming from people people have started to to see cool wedding films and, yeah. and it's kind of changing changing the view so even if they've not had yeah they've not had their own wedding film made of their story their life but they've maybe been in films and stuff and they you know that it's becoming more on their radar maybe and also to get back to your point about people having professional pictures all their life um first time i had professional pictures was when um i got married like we we don't have you know that I can't remember what it's called, like the senior shoots and the things like that. I've seen them from, you know, like Americans. They have those like cool shoots when their kids are out mm-hmm. and about. And just the all the pictures people have seen of themselves are generally bad, is what I think, which is what makes <laughs> your life so much easier as a photographer because they're taken by people who have no understanding of light whatsoever. They don't like, you know, they just like take a picture. Like it doesn't matter if you're gurning, like that's the one they'll give you. You know, they will take a couple and be like, oh, that's nice. Not this one. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's maybe a yeah. really big difference that I didn't realize in the two markets. I think video in general is, um, is just more important now in everything. You know, Facebook give a lot of importance to video. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are using, you know, Snapchat videos. I think video is more in people's lives now than ever before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think it's only a matter of time until I think video becomes just... I'm not going to say as as big as photography within weddings. I don't... I genuinely don't think that'll ever happen. Um, But it is growing. For sure it's growing. It's becoming more... um, You know, a lot more people want it these days. It's just a slow burner, I think. Yeah. So is is that been true for you too as well, Richard, that there is not um, – because in the U.S. it's just – it seems to be the case in, for most people, I think, that you have had professional work done of you in photography throughout your life. Has that not been the case in in your area as well? So photography is still pretty fresh when it comes to weddings. I don't think so. In in the UK, Jordan, I think I think it's more um, it's more common in the states. It seems, um, you know, to have those kind of 
those prom shoots and you know it's when you teenagers tend to get photo shoots you know when they're in college and that just doesn't happen in the UK although we do do prom shoots now um which look horrendous um, <laughs> um they do they just look awful but um that never used to happen i was i was talking to my girlfriend it was a, a couple of months ago and i was saying like when the hell did people start doing these prom shoots like turning up in stretch limousines to the prom like when i was a kid you know yeah. you you kind of turn up to the uh, to the youth center you know and hope yeah. hope to bag some cider um yeah it just, I don't know. I, I think the UK is, is over the years gotten a little bit Americanified. Um, you know, and that's fine. You know, I like burgers. Um, so that's good. But, um, it's the same, you know, even engagement shoots, you know, that's not, yeah. that wasn't that normal. Like five years no. ago, no one had an engagement really? sheet. That wasn't a, yeah. a, a thing. And now it wasn't a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it's an American influence has brought that over but here. I don't even like them. It. So when people ask for an engagement shoot with us, we're like, mm, I mean, you can have one, but we don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> no. It's like, if, if, but we want to take like natural pictures at yeah. someone's wedding. That, that That's our style. And, like if, and if they're like, oh, I need to pose like this. I need to do this. I yeah, need to like, need to I don't want an educational shoot where you learn what to do with your face. Just get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done an engagement video before, which was horrendous. Oh, it was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous, and it's. I, th- I think it's. It's partly why I don't do many elopements as well, because elopements, although yes, they're getting married, you're kind of spending the entire day with someone, you know, just you and the couple, and yeah, maybe it's just I'm old and grumpy, kind of <laughs> like there's only so long I want to spend with somebody before it starts just getting <laughs> awkward, you know. Um, like I like a wedding day, and I like a busy wedding day, and I like loads of things going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to hang. Yeah, out. but you're not talking to people all day. A yeah, wedding's exactly. different, isn't yeah. it? I can just be left alone to do my thing, and you know. But yeah, engagement videos, insane. Like it's just not my thing. That's weird though, because there's just no there's no story, is there? That's a hard no. thing to make a film out of. I think. Well, you've got to just. It's almost you've, you've got, got to, to make a, it. a story. Yeah. Yeah. Which is complete bullshit. It's just, no, it's not my thing. What about, propo- have you ever done a proposal? No. No, I've no. seen a few. Um, but they're just, again, they're just, for me, they're staged. They're, I don't know. <laughs> it, they're just not my thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you'd want to film a standard awkward English engagement, like, proposal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like some man shaking on his knees, like, uh, will you, um, uh, will you, um, I love you, um, um uh. <laughs> it would be rubbish. And then when you do get the the people who kind of do it in a real big way, I just think sometimes you knobhead. You know, I yeah. just think, like, can you not have just gone for a nice meal? And yeah, it's because, it's I'm, it's because I'm English. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want to hear my proposal story then, Richard. <laughs> what did you do what did you do so it was it, we were we were in college still and my wife was in uh one of the clubs the girls clubs and it was at homecoming and so they had the homecoming parade and so the the theme of homecoming that year was uh, was elvis and so their parade float for her club 
was a pink Cadillac. Uh, they built this pink Cadillac like a drive-through wedding chapel. So I I worked it out with like the president of the club. I hooked them up with like a sound system so they could play their Elvis music. And I hid inside the float. <laughs> and then when we got to the end of the thing, um, they brought Sarah up on top of the float and I came out from under there and sang an Elvis song to her and proposed to her on the float. Scattered to death. <laughs> oh. oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. That is cute. Jordan, you completely, uh, you had me at Elvis. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. See, that just, it just doesn't happen in the UK, I don't think. It just doesn't. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure it does in pockets, and I'm sure there's people who kind of go all out. But generally speaking, I think so much of it, especially now, is built off of um, social media and people posting these these things, and then there there's a pressure built yeah. over time because I mean that's 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 relatively new. I think you know my my dad's proposal. You know when he proposed to my mom, I remember him saying he uh, they were they were parked uh, somewhere in some you know field or something. Uh, to make out or something. And, and he tells her to, to look in the glove box and he pulls out the glove <laughs> box and, uh, there's a box and he's, or no, I think before he did that, uh, it was, it was Halloween is what it was. Yes. It was Halloween. And he said, do you want a trick or a treat? She said, well, I want a treat. And so he said, all right, look in the glove box. And there was a ring in there and that was all he did. <laughs> so, so there's, a, there's a contrast here, uh, you know, between the way things were and the things things are, but yeah, yeah. so much of that, I think, is just like that build up of social media, and there's like a pressure of like, oh, I have to do something that's big, and definitely, yeah. I think if you see your friends doing things, then and it's the same with weddings. Like weddings have gone like crazy, you know. Like back in our parents' day, they were the most simple thing ever. You know, they they didn't even really have a reception. They just get married, have a meal maybe, and a few a few. Toast. Yeah, like, have a hot pot at a local like, a uh, like community centre. Yeah, and then that's off, what my mum and dad did. And then like they, they cut the cake and they went on the honeymoon. There yeah. was no night do or anything like that. And I think if I said to my parents, like, yeah, people are, uh, are having like engagement films done now, she'd be like, what? Yeah. What is that? You know, she wouldn't understand that. That's yeah. like weird. Well, it's coming. Why, why you would know? you need that? If you guys are getting the big proms but, now, then yeah. pretty soon, you know, you guys are going to be getting the big proposals too. So I'm not doing just uh, look at what's going on <laughs> in the U.S. and plan for five years later, and you're going to get it. It's coming. Yeah. The thing, John, it's, it's funny you say that because <clears throat> I think that kind of leads us on to the kind of you know the the topic of, of, of pricing and U.S. versus U.K. Because when I started, kind of 2010 time. The only thing that I could see was wedding videos from the US. Mm-hmm. Um, people using DSLRs, which like at the time it was the 5D2. I didn't know anyone in the UK who was doing that. It was all coming from the US. Um, so my first, I would say, two or three wedding videos were completely influenced by what I seen um, mm-hmm. online, which was 100% from the US. Um, yeah. I didn't know anyone in the UK, and I'm sure there was someone in the UK and there was a small amount of people, but everyone was from the US doing what is now considered the more kind of modern work. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And if we go back to, you know, even kind of three years ago, three and a half years ago, selling a 15 to 20 minute film was really difficult because the UK audience generally wants something longer. Um, whereas in the States, they're producing 10 minute films. Um, now, two or three years on, nobody questions a 15 minute film anymore. That's considered normal. Um, so it's, it seems like we are kind of, I would say three to four years. I wouldn't say behind. That's the wrong way to put it. But we're sort of behind that curve of the US, I think, in terms of trends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think pricing is, is one of those trends. Um, I saw something on the videographer group the other day and somebody said their starting price was $4,000 for a three minute film. I don't know anyone in the UK that can command $4,000 for mm. three minutes. No. You know, there might be some people with the big names who can maybe do it, but nobody puts out a price like that for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fairly... No. I don't know, is that standard in the US, Jordan? Is that something that's... I see a lot of people it's become, doing it. It's become very popular to have those short films. It's also usually, I think in most cases, it's going to be accompanied by a longer film. Uh, even if it's just the ceremony and the speeches, you know. Um, but I think a lot of times when we see like a, a two-minute uh, trailer, there's also what they would call like a feature film that's maybe 10 minutes long. Um, I I don't... I personally don't do that. I, I kind of go in the middle ground and my films are usually like five to seven minutes. Um, and that's sort of the, that's kind of the main product. And then anything else that you want from there is extra. So if you want a full video of the ceremony, you can pay extra for that. If you want the toast, you can pay extra. Or if you want like a full length doc feature, mm-hmm. um, then we can do that at an extra rate as well. Um, and that's become more and more popular lately. We've done several of those lately where it's depending on the wedding that we did, it could be anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes, um, on that, that feature, um, where, you know, we're going to include, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's almost a cold down version of raw footage set to music and color graded, you know? So, I mean, it's still, still pretty, robust edit Um, at the same time it's not nearly as creatively intensive as the five to seven minute film so i kind of i'm I'm kind of similar um it's just that the length of films certainly the shorter films are a little bit longer for me so my highlight film is kind of six to eight um which i still think for the uk audience can be a little short. Um, I do get booked for that, but then they can add on the full ceremony, full speeches or whatever they want. Um, or they can opt to have a feature, which is about 15 to 20 and they can still add on full speeches and whatever they want at the end of it. Um, but it's almost like they start with either a short film or a long film. Basically, uh, they're the two options, but I'm, I'm trying to eke it down minute by minute. So instead of six to eight, I think, middle of this year I might pull that down to five to seven um, you know and try and kind of be producing short films around about five or six minutes for a a relatively healthy amount of money Um, but yeah that's if you tried to do that three or four years ago in the UK 
you wouldn't get booked. You just wouldn't get booked. You'd, you'd probably get no bookings. Um, I remember going to people's houses. Um, it's when I used to do kind of client visits, which I don't really do anymore. Um, and I'd be sitting in front of someone and, and they'd be asking me, is this how much it is for 15 minutes? And they were just shocked that it was only 15 minutes because um, it seemed so short back then. Now it's just the norm. Um, so, yeah, I think we're kind of a little bit behind on that curve of the US. So I'm hoping, you know, in three to four years' time, hopefully quicker, then the curve, the pricing curve also mm. we follow, hopefully. Who knows? But I, I feel like the, the pricing curve, I don't know, because like when we first started in photography, again, we were like 13 years ago, we were inspired by American photographers and, and all that. I think like all people starting out are because they're cool and they're all in pretty California light and things like that. And you're like, I want to take pictures like that. Um, in Barnsley. But then back then, <laughs> in, Barnsley, <laughs> in the Lake District when yeah, it's yeah. pouring down. Yeah. Um, but like back then, photographers were still charging ten thousand in in America. We we knew you know people five to ten thousand. That was twelve years ago, and photographers are still charging about that in America. And photographers in the UK are still like two thousand pounds is where you aim for. And then like when you get there, you're like, oh, should I push it a bit more, a bit more, a bit more? And then some people like you know kind of like the rock star kind of people who have a big following and. You know, they some of those have been able to push it up to to three and a half, four, five. Um, I know some, you know, one person's allegedly ten grand, and you know, this works great, but that's not worked for, you know, kind of like the mass market of, of other people who are really good, but are still stuck around around two thousand because they try like... they try to put the price up and they don't book. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like everybody everybody needs to put the price. You know, it's just, that's the thing. It, it, yeah. We need some market collusion it. here. Man, no, well, no, but I just think you can't you can't have everybody be two thousand and one person be five. You know, it's like it, there's got to it's got to just sort of slowly go up, hasn't it? Yeah, make sense. but I mean, I, I don't know. I think it could work. Cause one person like can stand out and be like, "Oh, they're five grand. They must be better." Yeah. It can can work, but it doesn't. I think it depends how busy you want to be as well. I think you can you can you know you can book like five weddings for crazy money, but it's whether you want to do five or whether yeah. you want a full. Because I remember job you know re- reading um, from a photographer on Facebook that she, you know, she was she was very high end. Um, she was like 5,000 back then, but she did five weddings a year. So it's like, well, that's, that, you know, like good for you, like being able to get that, but that's not a full-time job mm. with all the costs that you, you must have. So, you know, I'm sure that there was other businesses she had and that kind of thing, but just to, you know, be a high-end photographer and have that kind of like prestigious name. Okay, so I know this conversation has been amazing and you're dying for more. The problem is we went on for too long for one episode. And so what I did instead was I cut this conversation with Pete, Laura, and Richard into two parts. So you're going to have to wait until next week to hear part two. So definitely make sure you tune in again next week to continue this conversation with us. Also, while we're here, I wanted to mention the fact that We only have a few days left. January 18th is the last day that you can submit one of your films into the Wedding Portrait Photographers International 
filmmaking competition. So head on over to WPPIExpo.com and make sure that you enter in your film. There are a few different... Uh, criteria they have to make sure to follow. So if you've done one of your previous films, you may have to do a tweaking of the edit to make sure you get it within the right time, time frame under five minutes and some of those things to make sure that you're uh, going to have your film qualify for it. But I'm going to be one of the judges for the filmmaking competition. And so I would love to see some of our listeners enter in that competition as well. So it's not only is it a great competition, it's a great way to get feedback on your films but also a great chance to possibly win an award that will help separate you from some of your competition. So definitely go on over to WPPIExpo.com and make sure that you enter in for that. Looking forward to seeing your films. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.